The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon, period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived. And in the last days, neither your heart nor your faith will fail you. Welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is episode 176. As always, you have me and Kevin, your host. Hey there. And we are in 3rd Nephi chapter 13 today. And as promised from last week, we let y'all know that we have a guest with us and we're so excited to introduce her. Introduce her. Um, her name is Stephanie Bundrock and we are recently just met on social media but the fun part is that we don't live too far away from each other it's not every day that i meet someone who i live pretty close to so i'm going to let stephanie introduce herself and share a little bit about her and uh even her instagram page how i found her so i'm excited go ahead stephanie cool cool well thank you so much shelby and kevin it was fun to meet you over instagram um yeah, and it's funny that we just live like 20 minutes away. What what are the odds since we just moved here? So um, I am Stephanie Bundrock, and I am first and foremost a mom of five children and, um, and my wonderful husband. And uh, we moved from Vancouver, Washington just last year. We, we spent nine years there. Um, I was born and raised in Utah. He was born and raised in Austin. So we kind of, we spent a lot of time in the first part of our marriage in Utah and the, now the, I guess, middle part, <laughs> our kids are, you know, all teenagers and young adults now, and now we're back in Texas. So good times, good times. And then I just launched a company called My Children's Heroes, and it has been in the making for 20 years. And I'm just super excited because my whole intent is to bring families to Christ through scripture heroes and through realizing who those scripture, scripture heroes are. And so I put them on bed sheets for kids. So instead of seeing like Spider-Man they go to bed with Nephi and with, you know, Sally the Lamanite. And anyway, so it's pretty cool. <clears throat> so that's a little bit about me. That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know that as our kids get older, we will be purchasing from you <laughs> because that was just the coolest thing when I saw your My Children's Heroes account and then saw it. I went to your website because you had just launched it. I watched your little video. And I just thought, this is so unique and this is so cool that this this came together for you, you know? And it's just such a special thing that will inspire the hearts of children, right? To take courage and heroes from the Book of Mormon. And I don't know, it's just such a cool thing. I don't know any other words to describe it besides how cool it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree, and I think it's I think it's so cool. And the the great thing about it is that it was totally inspired from the Lord. It was nothing to do with me, and in fact, the whole entire journey, which I may share some of that through here if I feel you know inspired to. But um, it all comes back to Heavenly Father. It all comes back to 
to Jesus Christ and his gospel. And I, I know that my mission on this earth is to share his gospel, but I just think what a cool way he gave me to do that. So <laughs> I just, I'm just thrilled. So thank you. Wow. Well, thank you for being on with us and sharing about your uh, page and your business. We will um, link it in our show notes for our listeners to go and take a look so they can see. So go and take a look at our show notes, everyone. And then let's go ahead and dive into the scriptures now that we know who's speaking with us today, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so we're in 3513. And just to recap from last week, pretty much starts the Sermon on the Mount uh, to the Nephites. And so we're pretty much continuing this the Sermon on the Mount here in chapter 13. Um, and he also teaches them a lot of other things, but we will just dive into them. And if anyone has any initial thoughts, we can go from there. Or if Kevin wants to take it away. Yeah, uh I don't mind just because at the end of last week's episode, we I, I kind of left it on a little bit of a cliffhanger because uh, in the previous chapter, the Lord talks about, you know, some of the some of the guidelines, if you will, of how to, you know, how to be charitable to your neighbor, how to, um, you know, bless them that curse you, uh, do good to them that hate you, um, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, really, you know, the, I think, axioms, if you will, that we know very well from Christ's teachings. And then, you know, and of course, we iterated and will reiterate this week, this is the higher law that Jesus is teaching to the Nephites. Um, you know, the law of Moses being fulfilled, all these things. But then he continues here in verse, uh, verse one of chapter 13. And he talks about the intent that should be in our hearts when we do give to the poor. You know, um, I think this is like a, an, an incredibly famous scripture. He says, um, verily, verily, I say that I would that you should do alms unto the poor. So he's saying, I, I want you to give to the poor. I want you to uh, give of your substance, right? But take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father who is in heaven. And I think in our day, when there is such a, um, a tendency to you know look for good in the world, and there are many people who are doing many good things, but, um, you know, wondering what the intent of their hearts is and, you know, why, why are they making such a show of it? Um, and of course, you know, even, uh, even our church, right, often will cite the humanitarian efforts of, you know, what, what we're doing. And it's just, it's this fine line, I think, of you know, not being, not doing it to be seen of men, but to recognizing the effort of, you know, the Lord's people and, you know, Christians, as well as other faiths, other uh, charitable organizations. And, you know, and, and then just to 
to finish my thoughts before I turn it back to y'all. As I meditated on this over the last week, I thought, well, what is it saying about me when I look at those who give and try to discern <laughs> if they are doing it with good intent? Like, hang on a second. Am I, am I judging them? Am I, am I being too, you know, I don't know, strict or something like that? Like, what's my intent for investigating, you know? So. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a different little spin on this, if, if I may. Um, so I definitely like think about the poor, but I also think of me as poor sometimes, like poor as in kind of what you just said, um, Kevin, with, you know, there's like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? And, and we're talking a lot about that because in Come Follow Me, we're, we're, you know, sharing a lot about like the intent, like you said, where are our intentions and it was so interesting because I actually was um, in my coaching and I asked this question like about a year ago. And I finally think I, I finally think I have the answer. And, but as I was reading third Nephi 13, um, I was like, oh, I get it. And so kind of what I came up with was that it's, it is all about our intentions. It's all about how we serve. And are we doing it for some kind of payoff? Are we doing it for some kind of like end result, right? And are we expecting, it it is a very fine line because we're supposed to still expect the blessings, right? There's still, there's still these promises that we're given um, and we're, we're supposed to test the Lord. He says, prove me now herewith, right? And, and see if I won't pour this blessing upon you. But at the same time, we're not supposed to expect, like expect it. You know what I mean? So there's always been that quandary for me. And, and I just feel like, and I even had that on my mission. I mean, I served my mission in Scotland and, um, like 20, whatever years ago, (laughs) however old. Um, but I, that was the kind of the same thing. Like I was like, Okay, I'm out here to baptize and to share the gospel, but to like to baptize, right? And if I don't baptize, then am I not doing my job even though I'm trying kind of thing? And I was so my heart was so set on baptizing and I thought that I had like the most pure of intentions, but really it was about the baptism. And God was like, "Oh, I'll show you, Stephanie." <laughs> like I did not get to quote unquote, baptized until the very end of my mission. One little boy who ended up being a, a child of convert. And it was, you know, but the the thing that I learned the most, and it's taken me literally about 30 years to like kind of come full circle, was that you serve and you serve with your, with your, with all intent, with your purest of hearts, right? with no thought of return and you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you keep doing it, whether or not there's an outcome, no expectation of an outcome. And I think when we can get to that place of whatever it is, serving our family, serving our our children, serving, um, you know, in our callings, whatever it is, when we just serve 
and we give of our heart and we serve with all our heart, might, mind, and strength. I was reading in, in Doctrine and Covenants 33 today and that, oh man, gold in there. And I was just like, oh, I get it. Like all these scriptures are all coming together for me. And that's why I tied it back into 3 Nephi 13 because I just felt like this is it. You don't, you don't need to think of like, what am I going to get out of this? You're just going to serve and then natural being who you are, your blessings are going to come. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking about when I was reading those scriptures. And I love those thoughts. I was the same way where I was so focused on the baptism on my mission too. And the Lord definitely humbles and chastens. But what you said about letting go of the outcome, right? Like letting that go, just serving because you're there to serve the Lord and you're there to do what he wants you to do. Let go of all expectation of that. And I think that's that fine line is Sure, you can expect something, but don't picture in your head what you're wanting to expect and expect the Lord to bless me A, B, C, D, E, right? Like, this is how I want him to do it. No, he will do it very particular on his timetable and in the best way for you. And I think that's that fine line that you guys have both hinted at here in making sure that what we're doing is purely for the Lord and we know blessings will come, but we don't need to tell the Lord what the blessings need to be. Or yeah, like you said, his timetable. And, and that I think is where you can really learn to trust the Lord when you can really, really let go. I mean, gosh, when I, when I started doing my sheets all these years ago, oh, I thought it was going to come to fruition like 50 other times before it finally did. (laughs) I was like, is this ever going to happen? You know, and it was partly because of me and partly because of the timing, I believe. And then when it like actually happened, I was like, no, this is right. I can feel this. And it was right. The timing was perfect. So, and it wasn't my timing. It was all God's timing, but man, I had a lot of learning to do in between all of that. Yeah. A lot of preparing, right? Preparing our hearts and our minds to be able to do what he needs us to do with the purest of intent. And so I love that so much. Just to add in my last two cents on top of like the 50 cents that (laughs) I did already. I, as Stephanie, as you were talking, it came to my mind to go to the, um, the 1828 dictionary. Um, and look up the definition of the word secret because in the scripture here it 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 talks about um that thine alms may be in secret and thy father who seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly and so you know and and i to, to just take a step back before i read the definition as both of you spoke i thought about how when we go and render service to someone, we we generally do know that it will be seen of them, right? Like we know that they know who served them. It's just that we're not also at the end sticking out a hand saying, okay, well, now you need to pay me, right? So there's that kind of, um, that, that kind of conduct between servant and that, person who is served. And if we look at this, the definition, I really like this, where the first 
definition of this word secret is um, concealed from the notice or knowledge of all persons except the individual or individuals concerned. And so if we serve our fellow man, knowing that we are only serving our God, the people who are concerned are the, the Lord, right? God, the person that we're serving and us. And then if we just try to make sure that we are doing our best to eliminate us from that equation, and we're just focusing on the Lord and we're just focusing on this other person, then we can we can become more like Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And then what is the reward? It, it is to receive eternal life. Yeah. And if I may add, it's also to, you know, like you said, become like him. Because this whole thing is trying to become this person who is like, willing able and worthy to stand before the lord to be in his presence and to be like him so yeah in a very real sense all of that is helping us to become like that and that's really our that's our roi <laughs> right that's the real roi yeah, i love that our our eternal roi right that's what we get i have been trying to loop in uh we had a guest on 3511 uh, mark richens and he talked about a covenant relationship and so as i've been reading the rest of the chapters um from here on out from 3511 and probably the rest of the book of mormon i've been looking for you know what is the significance here of you know coming into this covenant relationship and obviously all these things that he's telling us to do right this this what we've just talked about i mean this is just one section of verses in this whole chapter that we've just talked about in the last 20 minutes or so and that's just one thing that we can do to increase our relationship with him and that he in turn comes to us to show you can trust me right and I just, I love that. And there's so many of other things here that he continues on in the chapter to help us become more like him, like you said, Stephanie, and then to build that relationship with him. And it always goes two ways with him as we, you know, obey him and do the things, even if it's not perfect, he still sends that ROI out, right? <laughs> and he's there for us. And if I can, if I can move on a little bit from the verses that we just talked about. I love the next set of verses about praying. And I feel like this also goes back to intention. However, Kevin and I had a conversation was it like two weeks ago or just last week, maybe where, you know, we live in Texas. So, I mean, Stephanie included, and there's a lot of people here who are big believers of God and I'm around a lot of them in my coaching community that I do. And they actually <laughs> they actually have something called Coach Prayer every Thursday. Do you have also a community? So I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I do. <laughs> but I told my husband, I said, you know, on this Coach Prayer, when we have this every Thursday mornings, I love getting on this prayer because I feel the spirit so strongly. And it's not necessarily the 
casual or not casual. Um, it's not the way that we usually pray in sacrament meeting or, you know, but what I love is that they don't use vain repetitions in my experience. And this is something that we talked about is that I feel like we as Latter-day Saints get caught up in the, thank you for this day. Thank you for my family. And it's like, no, let's think about, let's just get a little bit deeper and pray for the things that we actually need that day and, and really get a little more thoughtful, which is what I feel from these people around me that I have looked up to. And I am so grateful for the things that they inspire me to think about in prayer. Right. And that it goes back to verse seven, just for anybody when it says, but when you pray, use not being repeti- repetitions and man, that's just something I've been trying to work on recently in my own prayers is avoiding those vain repetitions. And man, it's a, it, I've built a really bad habit of it. And the Lord is definitely pulling me to higher, holier ways and giving me examples of people in my life. But a uh, man, prayer is just so important because it's the one way that we can tell our father exactly what we're going through, what we're feeling, what we need, what we want. It doesn't necessarily mean we'll get it, but it does mean that he's listening and he's there to help us through whatever it is we're going through. So I'm glad that you've had that same experience, Stephanie. <laughs> well, I can tell you, um, I have so, I have such a deep, um, testimony of prayer on just a different level um because i've actually been writing down my prayers for 15 well probably about 18 years now and it was way 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 before anybody ever like said anything about it so for the first couple of years i literally was like am i on the right path here am i doing like you know i'm gonna be struck down like i really did not know if this was if like i was you know on the right path but what happened was there was i have several i actually i have an entire huge journal and most of it is my prayers and so um for me uh what i started doing was i i would literally like write down the question or the thoughts i would just kind of pour out my heart and i would put it on paper and then i would stop and i would listen and i would write down uncensored everything that the lord told me everything that came into my head just completely uncensored and what happened was i literally just like the prophet said there's that um before president nelson was a prophet he gave one of the most epic talks. Okay. He's every talk is epic from president Nelson. Let's be honest. But, um, one of my favorite ones was revelation for our, the church revelation for our lives. And the reason why was because it was like, he validated everything I had been doing for those last 15 years up until this point. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Finally, somebody actually said, you know, like, do this. And I was so happy because I was just like, oh, I have not been on the wrong path this whole time. I'm so happy that a prophet actually said it. And you can go through, I mean, I could do a whole podcast on this, but you can go through and you can see the seven things that he asks us to do. And he literally asks us to sit like write down the impressions that come to our mind and if you notice on on um come follow me i mean it didn't used to have that and now it does what are your impressions right 
And so you write that down. And I have conversations with Heavenly Father. And um, let me tell you, every time, every time, whether it was moving to Texas or just anything with my kids, anything with my business, anything, I will go to him and I will be like, all right, Heavenly Father, we need a, we need a heart to heart. Like, you know, anytime I'm feeling kind of like um, disconnected or anything like that, I will just write it down and have this amazing prayer. And I always feel just connected to Heavenly Father again. I feel like I'm on his side. I feel like he's on my side. I feel like the angels are around about me to bear me up. I mean, I feel it palpably. And, um, you know, sometimes I, I get how Enos prayed for all day, all night. I get it. I didn't used to. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to fall asleep after five minutes. But now I really understand it. And um, and I'll, I'll let Kevin say something too here because I'm sure you're like chomping at the bit. But I also have taken that to the next level with meditation. So anyway, take it away because I could talk all day about all of this stuff. So I knew somebody who said something once, they said, God knows way more than we do. <laughs> that was me. I said that. <laughs> and when I read the verse eight of this chapter, um, it says, your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And, you know, our prayers are not for the Lord or not for God to figure out what we need, right? It's not for him to um, understand our, our sorrows or, you know, reconcile our, our losses or anything like that. If it is that he already knows, then you can, you can, logically assume that the prayer is for us right it's it's for us to align our wills with his and 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 then whatever we desire you know if it be right and if it is in in his timing and in, in his uh if it is his will then you know it can be fulfilled and so one of the things that I had the impression of recently, because we had this conversation, Shelby and I, about, you know, our prayers uh, were definitely lacking. And it, you know, maybe it would be easy to say, you know, we just, we, we have a, a, a young daughter. And so sometimes we're just like real quick to say our prayers and move through a dinner time or through bedtime or whatever. Um, I made the joke to her the other day that I don't close my eyes for prayers anymore. I have our daughter ever since our daughter became mobile. Like I don't, I don't close my eyes for prayers anywhere anymore. I'm just watching her <laughs> and, and unless she's secured. Right. right? I say toddler age where they can run away and yeah. get into whatever there's that, but yeah. So, um, and that's, that's a funny like side note, but at the same time, it has somewhat impacted my prayers, um, especially at church and things like that. And, um, what, what I would say last is 
you know, you're, you're less likely to have these vain repetitions when you slow down your prayer, right? And you think before you speak, because if you think before you speak, then that, you know, utterance that has been just, you know, coming out because of, of muscle memory or whatever, it, you stop yourself and you say, okay, what am I really trying to say? What am I really trying to ask? And then, I mean, especially if you, if you were to write it down, you know, as you're writing something down, understanding like, what am I trying to, what am I trying to say? And, and is this just the same thing that I've been writing, you know, each and every day? And if I can just add two thoughts from Stephanie and then from you, Kevin, um, I love that you brought up how you pray and what you've been doing. And I thought of that talk that you mentioned before you even said it, I thought of President Nelson's talk, Revelation for the Church, Revelation for Our Lives, because I thought this is such an incredible way to increase the way that the Lord speaks to you. Like, I think that is just an amazing way to start with a pen and a paper asking things about your life or questions, whatever it is, right? Just get that pen and paper and just start writing. And I think that's a way to develop a new way that he can speak to you, right? And I'm going to take on that challenge because I think that was an answer to my prayer of knowing how can I increase my prayer. So thank you, Stephanie, for that. And I invite our listeners to do that too, and if they feel so inclined to. And then Kevin, you talked about uh, prayer and well, you guys both talked about prayer, but I thought of the Bible dictionary definition, or actually the guide to the scriptures definition of prayer, which says the object of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God is already willing to grant that we must ask for in order to obtain. And so I thought about that in the sense of there are so many things that we might not be asking that we need to and be directed by the spirit in order to do that in our prayer. Um, there's a verse about that um, in the Bible, but also it talks about letting the spirit lead us in prayer. Um, and I think it might even say it in here too. I can't remember. And I don't know where it is in the Bible. So I'm not a scriptorian, but I do know it's there. And I think that's important to remember that there are blessings for you and for others that as you take time to slow down, and think about what you're actually going to say or write that you do that and you do it in a quiet space, right? It doesn't have to be a closet, but I mean, I did that on my mission. I, I liked going into the closet that we had. And so you can find that quiet space in your life and then invite the spirit there and then invite the Lord to speak to you and it changes your prayers completely. So just had to add those two thoughts as y'all were talking because prayer is it's such a powerful way. It's the one way we can communicate and receive that revelation, right? Or direct revelation. Yeah. I was going to say it also, that's what really for me has helped me have a really close relationship with the Lord. Like, um, you know how it, it's a little further down in, in the um, chapter but it talks about like the Lord's prayer and we don't really as Latter-day Saints recite the Lord's prayer. Um, 
But I think all of that is literally just like coming to the Lord and really knowing him for who he is and and learning to trust him. And I think that that is like one of the most beautiful things that I've learned through prayer. Um, because I think of all the things that he, the, the prayers that he has answered for me and, oh, I'm just so humbled. I'm so humbled at all the things that he wants to give each one of us. And that um, if we just ask, and I've always had this like picture of like a net of blessings. And he is like, they're, they're there. They're hovering over us. They're right there. And he's even, you know, they're like, some of them are even showering down on us, whether we ask or not. But I swear there's something that just happens when we like cut the net and just open it. And we're like, okay, Heavenly Father, just pour it all down. Let me hear it, you know? And and yes, sometimes like that cutting the net is showing enough faith to do something like write down your prayers. I've tried to tell my seminary students the same thing. You think they hear me? Oh my gosh. It's like, <laughs> to just forget it. Like, it's just so hard to like get them to even think of anything different. But I'm like, I'm giving you the recipe. It's right here. Just try it. Have enough faith. Get a piece of paper. We even tried it like in class. And still, like some of them took it seriously and some didn't. But, you know, it's just like, how much faith do we have to put the Lord to the test to just ask him for those blessings? Or just ask him. And I remember, I will share this, that I remember one of the very first times that I did this practice and I was not expecting what I got. And I was in the Release Society presidency. It was a long, long time ago. And it, like I said, it was just when I very first started even doing this. And um, I started writing down a, a prayer, like, Heavenly Father, just like, where do you want me to be today? What do you want me to do today? Or I don't even know. I can't even remember. It's in a journal somewhere in my barn, probably, or who knows if I even have it anymore. But um, he told me there was this woman that we had we had seen um, like the week earlier or something, and uh, we went to you know knock on her door. She was like quote unquote lost sheep. Like she, her name was around the record of the church, but nobody knew who she was. So we went in there and we we tried to meet her and stuff. And we knocked on her door and her like 16 year old daughter opened the door. And this little 16 year old was taking care of her mother who was sick with cancer or something. She was dying of cancer. And she was like right there in her living room. And, you know, like humble, humble circumstances. Right. And I remember like, it was like a week or two after, and I was praying and the Lord was like, you need to go and tell her I love her and I have not forgotten her. And that was so powerful for me because I was like, that was not my voice. <laughs> like I was thinking like, what do you want me to do today with my kids or whatever? No, he told me to go back to her and tell her she is not forgotten and that, um, that he loves her. And I've had I had another experience myself when I was just praying about something completely different and I went to write down my prayer and it was all about who I was to the Lord. I'm telling you, go ask him that one question. Who am I, Heavenly Father, to you? Oh, he has a lot to say about that. 
I think that that is the most important thing and the most powerful thing that we can ever learn on this earth is who we are to him and he will tell us. And then as we, just like President Nelson promised, we will grow in the principle of revelation. And if we want to learn how to hear his voice, it's just like a language. I tell my kids all the time, it is like a language. If you put in the effort to learn the language, then you will be rewarded and you will have that personal relationship with the Lord that you really, really desire. So, and maybe we can talk about it another time, but meditation for me is the next step on that. I would agree with you. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to talk about meditation, but I would 100% agree that that's a way to fill the spirit and hear revelation come. Well, so first, Stephanie, like that story is so beautiful. And, and as I listened to it, I, I started to think about some of the other verses that come up next in this chapter. And then specifically verse 22, the, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Right. And so, and, and that's, like, hopefully, and I think it does for the three of us, hopefully it makes sense that, like, that story of, you know, being the Lord's instrument and listening, and, and first of all, being, having an eye single, um, and then being that, you know, that receptor of the Spirit first, allowing you to be the light that the Lord needs to, to shine on you know on his earth and you know i think there are several ways that we can prepare ourselves you know obviously first and foremost partaking uh you know and participating in holy ordinances right uh namely you know the sacrament and temple ordinances that prepares us in a way because like Shelby, you've talked about this covenant relationship as we make and keep covenants with God, we, we, you know, we're, we become that light, right? We become, we, we keep our eyes single, we're full of light, and then we can do his work. Um, and so that's, I think, the, the, the chief way of going about it there are additional, you know, measures that we can take. If we're doing that, we can also do things like, um, you know, uh, serving, paying a generous fast offering, um, and then praying over that offering, right? Praying over our service. Um, and then meditation is absolutely one, you know, pondering and reflecting on, you know, what have I, what good have I done lately? you know, and what more can I do? How more, how, how much more used can I be? Um, if the Lord does have something for me to do in my sphere of influence, right? I just wanted to add when I was a missionary, um, our mission president gave, I think it was a mission leadership conference. I can't remember, but he said, he quoted 
the famous verse in first Nephi where it says, and Lehi dwelt in a tent, right? Like, I don't know. That's like the shortest verse in the book of Mormon. And he's, he laughed, he made a joke about it. And then he goes, what do you think Lehi was doing in the tent? And I never thought about that. And he then offered, he said he was meditating. He was receiving revelation for his family and for, you know, all these future generations that were going to come because of this decision to leave Jerusalem. And I think that's so powerful that we need to go find our tent. We need to go find our area to be able to have that space to be with the Lord, right? Like, uh, obviously, he was probably sleeping in the tent, too. But if he dwelt in a tent with his family, there were other things. That was his sacred space, right? That's where he was. And I've also, I also just hear the words of, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking out his name. He was the Institute professor after Brother Richens. Um, Brother Turner. Brother Turner. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully if he's listening to this, I'm sorry. But Brother Turner said, you know, he, he feels his tent, I think would be a baseball stadium. He talks about that all the time, that some of the most spiritual experiences he has had have actually been at a baseball stadium because that is where the Lord can speak to him. And um, he can drop parallels right in the game and these things. And so it's different for everybody. Uh, but that's one of his ways of receiving revelation. And like Kevin said, looping that back into verse 22 here, all that's doing is bringing us uh, more aligned with, you know, an eye single to his glory, not our own glory, which once again, the verse is right above that, where it says, um, don't, it says in verse 18, thou, that thou appear not unto men fast, but unto thy father who is in secret, because it's talking about fasting. So doing it to thy father, not, not openly. And that's that same principle we talked about at the beginning to make sure that we are doing this for the Lord and only for him and I single to his glory. And so I just, I love that. And I love the principle behind it and finding our tents. And that tent can be meditation, as you said, Stephanie. <laughs> so I'm glad we got to talk about that a little bit because um, I didn't, I didn't even know what meditation was. And we certainly don't teach about it in the gospel, like in the church, we don't. But I did pick out a couple of people that have said some things about it. So if I can read that, because I, I want to give some validity to meditating. And when I think when I think about meditating, first I started out with guided meditation because my coach just did it. That's just what she did. And I didn't even know what the heck it was. And I was a little apprehensive. I'm not going to lie. I was a little apprehensive. And especially since my coach um, is not a member of our church, and I kind of have to translate everything into like the way I understand it and the spirit and like all the things that I, how I understand it. But for me, um, I really, once I was able to, you know, they might say, we picture the universe, like I would picture God. And, you know, I, so I would literally have this like spiritual experience. Um, and it was amazing. The first couple of times I did it, I was like, wow. <laughs> wow, I, I learned some things I didn't know before, you know, about my life or about just anything, right? And um, it was Harold B. Lee that said, you can, you can come closer to the Lord than you imagine when you learn to meditate. 
And then Ezra Tap Benson said, meditation on a passage of scripture led a young boy into a grove of trees to commune with his heavenly father. This is what opened the heavens in this dispensation. Meditation. And um, Gordon B. Hinckley said, I wish for each of you a time, a time, perhaps only an hour, perhaps only an, yeah, an hour spent in silent meditation and quiet reflection on the wonder and majesty of this, the son of God. So um, I, I believe that that is a true principle. And I believe that our prophets and our, our apostles probably do that. I'm sure they do. Um, and like I said, you don't hear a whole lot about it, but I know it's a true principle and I know it works. And I have seen things that I um, truly, like I know I couldn't do what I'm doing right now without meditation and without the guidance of the spirit and without like that assurance from Heavenly Father. And that goes for, that should be for everyone, right? We all have things that we are supposed to do, whether, I mean, it's just different times and seasons in our lives, but man, if you feel pulled to something and like you guys with this podcast, you obviously felt pulled to do it and you obviously meditate and I'm sure you see things and, you know, I have often thought like, how did Nephi see the tree of life? I have come to the conclusion I truly believe that it was through meditation. And maybe it was like a bigger vision, obviously. But I think, I mean, that was the practice back there, back then. They still do it, right? They st- it's that practice, right? That's, that's how they pray and they meditate. So I was like, well, of course, that makes so much sense. That's, that's how so much of this has, this revelation of the Book of Mormon has come to pass, I believe, because of meditation. And the reason I believe that is because I've had my own experiences with meditation. And I'm like, wow, Heavenly Father, are you sure? Okay, if you say it, all right, <laughs> you know, or if I've seen it, okay, I believe it. So I think part of that is like, that is some of the thing because you believed. That's such a powerful testimony of meditation and connection to the gospel and the principles that are shared and it's obviously been spoken about by prophets and apostles. And so thank you for sharing that and giving your testimony because I know it will inspire many people as it's inspired me. So I know that we are getting close to the time and there's still a few verses left. Um, is there a particular set of verses or anything that anyone wanted to talk about as we close out the end here of the podcast? If Kevin or Stephanie has anything. I'll let Stephanie go first if she has a specific uh, verse or or thought that she wants to share. Well, I was just, I love 28 um, where it says, you know, consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow, how they toil not, neither do they spin. I didn't ever really understand that until just recently. And I was like, oh, I get it. It's that trust. It's that trust in the Lord where you're kind of to bring it back to what we were talking about. You're being like Christ as much as we possibly can. We're trying to keep our eyes single to his glory. We're trying to be filled with that light. And he's like, now don't worry. 
like, just be at peace. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. And uh, just last month, my husband, bless his heart, he lost his job last month. And, um, <clears throat> and I really thought about this a lot. And I thought about this peace that only Christ gives. And, you know, when he, he called me and he's like, uh, I no longer work here. And I'm like, and we kind of saw it coming, but it was one of those things where he was just stressed all the time. Like I literally thought he was going to have a heart attack because he was so stressed. I never saw him. He was, you know, working 16 hour days sometimes. Like it was crazy. And, um, and when he, when he told me that I was like, okay, good. Then, then that's how the Lord wants it. <laughs> like He's like, wow, you're not worried. I'm like, nope. God will take care of us. It'll be fine. And sure enough, it was fine. He he did the work and he put the work in. But we we were able to spend that last month just before I launched my company. We got all these things done. I had done everything up until this point. And then I needed my husband. I really needed him to help me with some of these final things. And I just felt like it was a huge blessing. I was like, gosh, God, you came through for me, like not in the way that I thought by any stretch, but he came through and I just, I did not worry. And that was probably the first time that I just like, literally was like, okay, Heavenly Father, this is totally 100% in your hands and it is going to be okay. I don't know how, but it's going to be okay. And, uh, and I think that's what that scripture really is talking about. Just really learning to just trust in him. And let go what you do not have control over and just let God work his miracles for crying out loud. Like get out of his way, pray like everything depends on you, work like everything depends on you, and then just get the heck out of his way because he has miracles to perform. And if we'll just let him do it, he will. It's true. And that's everything you just said is backed up by the last few verses too. It says, for your heavenly father knoweth that ye need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, no, or take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. And I just love that because this whole concept of trusting in the Lord, and obviously it's something that we all fall like into our natural man, right? Like it's natural to wonder and worry and oh my gosh what are we going to do because all of that comes out right it's just natural but the spirit and the lord and his gospel help us and take us to this place of instead of worrying about those things let's take you up here to what are the things of eternity that matter most what do i need to be doing and how is this all going to eventually fit and i'll see the picture connect i'll see the puzzle pieces come together one day and I'll be grateful that I trusted instead of acted like a child and maybe threw a temper tantrum, which I've definitely had my fair share of throwing temper tantrums to the Lord that I feel completely humbled after. And yeah, those those have been, Kevin knows some of those moments we've had in our marriage where I'm just like, Ugh. and we've only been married four years. And so I'm just like, what's next, right? And you remind me of... um a lady at church, Kathy Neal, she always, her favorite scripture is be still and know that I am God. And almost every testimony meeting or 
anytime she can is there and can get up, she shares that that's her favorite scripture. And it's because she can be still because she does know who God is and who she is and knows that there is a plan for whatever may be going on, whether it's good or whether it's challenging, right? And just because it's bad, does or just because it's something hard doesn't mean it's something bad, right? And I think sometimes that's a connection we make that, oh, because this is hard, it has to be something bad. No, sometimes something hard is actually really good for you and you just have to push through it and, and make that little switch and the Lord will help you make that switch. So I just, I love, I love those verses and I love that our Heavenly Father knows truly what we need and he's thinking on a much higher level than we are and so when we lean into that trust he will make way more of us than we can make of ourselves and so I just I know that to be true because I've seen it on the moments that I just let go and I truly stop caring because I know we can say I'm gonna let it go but then there's like a little part of our heart that's like oh I'm just gonna hold on a little bit but when we truly let it go the Lord can do his work. Like you said, we can just get out of his way. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kev, you're smiling over here real big. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I've just been enjoying the, the conversation and I don't really have anything to add. The only thing that I, I would say about these verses that we've been talking about here at the end is to remember who he's speaking to. He's speaking to the 12 at this point. You know, so all of this kind of encouragement, these these words and this counsel from the Lord is actually going to his servants, not the multitude, right? It's not a general message, but it's like a, um, it's a leadership training, right? That he's giving. And so if we take that into consideration and, Obviously, for the, for the past, you know, six minutes, we've been applying this to ourselves. We as disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, are servants of Him. And, uh, if we choose to, if we have desires to serve, we're called to the work. And so keeping these things in mind as we go about serving and, and doing His work, then, you know, we understand that we don't need to be concerned with the, uh, lower order of things, you know, things like where we're going to sleep, what we're going to eat, right? What we're going to wear. Uh, those things will be provided. Not always material, like it's not like the material we, will be provided, but you will know how to obtain that which is needed for you to subsist. And that way you can continue to do the work. So. That's that's all I was going to add. And I do want to say in that verse, I think the last half of the verses are when he's speaking to the 12 because he it does say uh, Jesus, once he had spoken the words that are above verse 25, mm -hmm. that he turns to the 12 and he says these things. I just thought you were saying the whole no. chapter was that. So I just wanted to clarify for anybody who might have thought the way I was. Thinking. No, I said I said for the last <laughs> six minutes. We've, gotcha. What we've been talking about is directed to the 12, specifically the, the starting with like, you know, trust in him. Right. Yes. I got confused. So I always like to clarify just in case anyone else feels how I felt. <laughs> well, and then I like to think 
how cool is it that we got the leadership training too? Yes. (laughs) Like, wow. I'm just, I feel so blessed when I think about, you know, like the savior, but yeah, it's like, I got to be the fly on the wall and I still got the training. (laughs) So cool. Oh man. I would love to be in a leadership conference with just the Lord. Oh, that would be so fun. And we, we get it right. We get it in words, but in person one day it would be amazing. So anyway, those, that's all I got. I, do you have any of the last words? Uh, just two really quick thoughts, but exactly what you were saying. I, one of my favorite, favorite, um, phrases is that God will give you what you want or something better. And I really believe sometimes the something better is whatever faith um, challenge or whatever, whatever brings us closer to Heavenly Father and gives us that relationship with him. That's always the something better. And I truly believe that if we have trials, that's what it's for. It's for us to learn to trust in him, to, to completely give uh, our will to him. And um, so that he can just bless us so that he can like open up all these windows of heaven that he's promised. I think of, you know, I'm a mom of five children and I, I just think of like when my, my parent when my kids come to me and they say, mom, dad, what, you know, like, here's my problem. This is what I need. I'm not like, Oh, figure it out on your own. You know, I'm like, Oh, you finally came to me. I will help you, (laughs) you know, or, or just that feeling of, of, like I said, submission and, and complete trust. And I love what you said about how, how your friend, you know, talks about being still and, and knowing that he is God. And it is because She's probably has that relationship with him and she's had that revelation because once you get that revelation, you don't care what anybody else thinks. You don't care what, you know, anybody says or anybody does or what everybody else is doing. You don't have to compare yourself. You don't have to compare your life. You don't have to because you've got this personal conduit and and you're like, um, God said it and so it will be. So that's all I've got. Well, that's it for 3513. We are just, these chapters are going by too quickly for us, I feel like, especially because we're having guests on and I just want the conversation to go longer, but also we have chapters to get through. So just thank you for being on here and sharing your testimony and everyone go check out Stephanie, uh, my children's heroes. She has a Facebook page and Instagram. So we will link all that and we'll be back next week for 3514. So anyways, thank you, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye y'all. Bye. My dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, You will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life.